0: Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for very hyper-local news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. The Select Board has scheduled a special town meeting for the evening of November 13th at the Chenery Middle School Auditorium. If additional sessions are needed, they'll be held on November 14th and the 20th at the Belmont High School. The League of Women Voters and the Warrant Committee are holding a warrant briefing to go over the issues that will be before the special town meeting on November 5th in the evening at the Beach Street Center. The new Veterans Memorial at Clay Pit Pond will be dedicated with a parade and an unveiling ceremony the morning of Saturday, November 2nd. Joanna Juvelis interviewed Angelo Firenze, chair of the Veterans Memorial Committee, about the memorial and the dedication.
1: Welcome to Belmont's Veterans Memorial. Um, We're almost complete. We've been working on this project for four years, if you can believe it. Uh, As you come into the memorial, the first thing you see is the uh, little uh, stone um, for uh, Lieutenant General Robert Foley. We have eight individual uh, conflict stones. Uh, It starts with the Civil War then the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, uh, Korean War, Vietnamese War, and um, Southwest Asian, and then the War on Terror is the last stone. This is um, the memorial of of, uh, all the people from Belmont that were killed during the wars. The dedication, if you will, to the whole memorial, where we say dedicated with gratitude, to the Belmont few who sacrificed their lives for the freedom of all, and that's what it says around the end. We have the Belmont seal in the center, and then we have the Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, and uh, Coast Guard uh, symbols. We have benches that we've uh, that we've put in here. Uh, this is a bench that uh, we've uh, commemorated the uh, significant donation we got from the. Belmont Savings Bank Foundation, they gave us $100,000, which was a, um, really helped us get going. Uh, we've raised close to $350,000 altogether, or maybe just over 350,000, um, including the 103,000 that we got from the CPA funds. Uh, the CPA funds were used to reconstruct the lower wall to put these old paths back in and to recondition the upper wall at the entrance up there. It's Belmont's history is down here all in one place and
0: it's you know long overdue and uh, it's it's something I hope I hope everybody's proud of and uh, next generations can come down here and learn about it because uh, the sacrifices that were given for them to to be free the name's
2: on the stone over there.
0: Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, and welcome back, Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. How are you, Franklin? Just fine. Thank you very much. So the town is rolling in free cash. <laughs>
3: yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, well, we have first described what free cash sure. is and how it's affecting um, town government. The first thing is, is that free cash, of course, is as, as you know, is, is a member of the Warren Committee, uh, a former a former member of the Warren. Well,
0: Committee. so I'm 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 the, the, the school representative, committee's representative to the Warren
3: uh... Free cash is basically what's ever left over from uh, what you budgeted from the year before. It's um, it's it's take backs which is like if a department has has saved money, let's say saved right. money uh, on salaries, that would be sent back to the treasurer. It's also um, uh, just good budgeting from the year before. You know, you, you're saving money that way. So the money is made up of many things, and also. Uh, collection, and, and we can talk a little bit about that too. Okay. But right now, the, the 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 town has had an extraordinary amount of money coming back in free cash, which is about eight point one million dollars this year. And and this is this is higher than perhaps than it's the state average is basically between three and five percent. That's what the state wants you to 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 keep. Okay. Right now, we're at about six point uh, six and a quarter percent. So we have so we we're it... pretty much in in in, in cash and we're pretty cash happy right now. That, that's extraordinary, and it's coming at a good time. That's right, because we do have a structural deficit. We were thinking, uh, the town was was advocating that we, we were telling people that we're gonna have an override over in April, mm-hmm. um, and it was gonna be a, a pretty significant one. Turns out that we have enough free cash, and, and, and about um, 2.5 million of that, Free cash that we have right now is going to be transferred to the general stabilization fund, which is basically how we do scop, uh, how we um, fill the uh, uh, red ink that we have in the budget, and we will not have a uh, a uh, an override vote in April.
0: Okay, so um, maybe maybe that's a good time to to switch to the next topic, which is. When, when, will, when will Belmont next be dealing with an override? Then
3: it probably will be in November. So, right? so we
0: still need an override.
3: That's right. We, we have a structural deficit. We just don't have that. We just don't generate enough uh, money through our um, uh, revenue streams. Which mm-hmm. is the, in, the, in, the, in the greatest revenue stream we have is uh, single family homes, and they can only be taxed at an increase of two point five percent because of state law.
0: Sure, and then and then, and then you know one thing that. That Belmont doesn't have very much of that many other communities do have uh, considerably more of is is businesses which commercial
3: would, real estate such as Watertown, Waltham, Lexington they all have a, a good uh, portion of their uh, of their town land in commercial real real estate we only have about what five six percent Right. if that
0: so so we we do periodically need overrides um, in order to. To, to to spend at a level that that, that exceeds the two and um, a half percent limit um, that we have limit that we have and and it has been decided now that the, the, the well, next it has
3: op- it's not has it's not that it's officially decided it's okay. just that the money is going to be there it's it's, it's we're not going to be searching around for the money that money has actually been located
0: okay so but but probably by the time we hit November, We'll we'll see another.
3: We will be going through the second. Uh, we'll be going through next uh, the, the next fiscal years, uh, the fiscal year 21, and we'll uh, continue to have an, an almost increasing amount of a structural deficit. So we could be seeing you know another uh, 2.5, three, five million dollars um, that we need, and that will require an override. Okay, well,
0: so 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 good news for now, mm-hmm. and. Um, And we'll talk to you next time franklin sounds great thank you very much okay thank you a new martial arts school has opened on belmont street we were at the grand opening of wu's martial arts school and talked with the owner and sifu tim lavalli
2: so what they're doing now is before a lion can actually uh, be used to be performed, they have to wake it. So it's a ritual where you um, animate it so that it can actually spread blessings and good fortune and so forth and so on. So I'm uh, Timothy Lavallee, I'm the Sifu of the new school here Wu's Martial Arts in Belmont. We're a traditional Chinese martial arts school teaching uh, five elements Tai Chi and Hungar Gar Kung Fu. Um, we have uh, classes for children and adults, in fact some of my students here I have taught as young as 4 and 3 and as old as 94. This is the first time that I've had my own studio. Um, we have sister studios on Holyoke, in Mansfield, in Quincy and in Boston. I'm a professional educator by uh, training, I have a PhD in humanities and I've been teaching uh, for many many years. So. This is sort of an outgrowth of all that. I've studied martial arts for decades and have been with Master Wu for uh, more than 10 years. He put me in the instructor corps very shortly after uh, joining the school. And since that time, he has um, cultivated me and brought me up to the position where uh, he has made me a Sifu and now we're opening the school. I wanted to have Guan Yin's presence in my school the embodiment of Buddhist compassion and on the back was a large section of Chinese classical Chinese writing and scripture and I brought it in and she took just looked once at it and she said oh my gosh it's something really sacred and has memorized it and can sing it for me <laughs> Uh, In order to do real Kung Fu, you have to have a good heart. And so there's an ethic uh, about doing good in the world that grows out of the martial arts, and especially out of the the Buddhist traditions that um, come out of China. You can contact me at www.wusmartialarts.com and uh, check out the Facebook page and Instagram, wusmartialarts.com.
0: Welcome to this week in the Citizen Herald, and welcome back, Joanna Jubilis, who is a senior multimedia journalist with the Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont. Hello, Joanna. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm fine. So, let's talk about calming the traffic in Belmont. What? what yes, a-
4: that's a that's a very common common thing to say these days because, as you know, there's a lot of cut through traffic. We that's deal right. with it every morning and every. Evening with those rush hour commutes. The town is trying to do something about it. The Transportation Advisory Committee, which was formed in January of 2019, this is one of their missions. Okay. So they have a traffic calming policy that they've drafted. They've been working on this for months, and people can look at it on the town website. All they right. want people to look at it and they want feedback from people who live in Belmont and people who even work in Belmont and may not even be residents, they want feedback on it by November 7th.
0: And and in essence, this is a, this is a policy or plan for how the town is going to respond to...
4: Yes, okay. I'll tell you a little bit about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it's actually already, it already exists in Europe, okay. traffic calming mm-hmm. policy. So it's not anything totally new, but it'll be new to this area, and what it does is its goal is to reduce speed, to reduce the number of crashes, Mm -hmm. to reduce crashes altogether, and to make it safer for pedestrians and bicyclists and people taking public transportation. And the way they do that is not with stop signs and speed limits, there's a different method
0: that that they're doing.
4: They are actually making roads narrower, Mm -hmm. adding bike lanes, adding roundabouts, maybe speed tables, they're physical changes and, and to roadways. speed
0: tables are sort of akin to speed bumps? Yes. Okay.
4: Yes. Curb, bump outs, mm-hmm. anything that will reduce speed and maybe deter cut-through traffic and hopefully reduce crashes. That's all the, the three criteria that they want these um, areas to meet. Okay. If, okay. So the way it works is mm-hmm. if you live in a part of town or you work in a part of town where you know there's a problem, you go online and there's a form that you can fill out I think you need to get uh, so many signatures on this mm-hmm. form. You submit it to the town. The town will look at it and say, does this meet our criteria? Is this a speed and issue? Is cut through volume an issue and crashes? Has to meet those three criteria. Then it'll go to Glenn Clancy, the town engineer, who will look at it and say, uh, he'll assess it, and okay. then he'll he'll come up with recommendations. And now, it's a public process. throughout. Now,
0: now would I have to be? Would I have to live on the street for which? For Not necessarily. Okay.
4: No, it could be somewhere where you drive every because, day. Or and, and that's walk.
0: interesting because we're all aware of of of, of particular streets in the town right. that that are a real challenge to get across, whether as you know, in a vehicle or as a pedestrian or on a bike.
4: And then it's a question of funding for these changes. Okay. That will also be. Um, they'll they'll have to prioritize all right you know that's that's, it's it's a process okay so just beginning so
0: show up at the meeting on November 7th
4: or email your comments by November 7th at 4 p.m.
0: okay thank you and um, so Helena's is also relocating to to Leonard Street. Yeah, I think think
4: that's pretty big news. Anything related to business in Belmont, in my opinion, is big news. Mm -hmm. So she's moving from her Cushing Square location, she's been there for eight years, to the former 30 Petals location in Belmont Center, 34 Mm -hmm. Leonard Street. And when I asked her why she's moving, she basically said, you know, even though the construction project will eventually be done and the Bradford will be done and maybe there'll be more, people living in the area who will come to her shop. She doesn't think it's going to improve. She thinks accessibility to her store is the most important thing, and she wants her customers to have easy access. She okay. wants them to be able to cross the street safely. As you know, there's no crosswalks in, in certain parts right. of Cushing Square anymore due to the construction. She wants them to be able to find a parking spot easily, because parking and access are, are key to these business owners. So she really, that's why she's making the move.
0: Well, we wish her, we, we, we wish her well. And, yes. Um, and hopefully the new location will will be an improvement. Opening in November. Um, hopefully the construction also will be done soon in Cushing Square.
4: Haven't heard. Still waiting on that one. All right, <laughs> that's another topic. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, thank you, For Joanna. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next time. Do we have a right to repair our digital devices, or are they consigned and destined to become part of the e-waste stream? So I have Paul Roberts in the studio with me. Paul, you're a, a town meeting member from Precinct 8 and chair of the IT Advisory Committee, and you testified on Beacon Hill just a few days ago about digital right to repair. Can you tell us about
5: about the hearing, the issue, and what? Yeah. And the prospects. Sure. This was on Monday, um, and it was a hearing on Beacon Hill of the uh, Joint Committee on Professional Licensure and Consumer Protection, which is a joint Senate and House uh, committee up on the Hill. And they were considering two bills, one in the House and one in the Senate. Um, creating a digital right to repair. Um, Folks in Belmont will remember this because our town meeting voted to um, send our uh, support to Beacon Hill for this legislation. That was however many months ago, five or six months ago. Last spring. Yeah. we just had the hearing this week. Okay. Um, so we had at the hearing um, I was speaking on behalf of um, myself and also be- on behalf of a group I created called Secure repairs who are information security professionals who support the right to repair. but there was a wide range of people testifying on the pro side um, owners of um, uh, mobile phone repair shops, um, consumers, um, people who work um, in you know the industry on uh, for companies who make replacement parts you know, the whole ecosystem. On the con side, you had industry lobbyists, Mm -hmm. um, CTIA, uh, AHAM, the Association for Home Appliance Manufacturers, TechNet. um, These were people who were paid lobbyists for, you know, large corporations.
0: So in 2013, Massachusetts passed legislation that that essentially creates right to repair for for automobiles. That's right. right. And and so you're not locked into going and Going to the dealership if if you have an issue with your car, and and this is sort of a a long you know even before the legislation I think that this was a longstanding right that people felt that they had yes um, but perhaps not enshrined in law until recently, but in in the in the electronics context um, the. The, the law has largely been silent that's right and and some manufacturers have attempted to assert only we can repair your devices or we're going to disable features and I think that's been the case with
5: Apple that's right um, that's exactly right so basically what's happened and why these laws are now necessary where they haven't been in the past is that is Technology, right? Mm-hmm. It's changing so many different aspects of our lives and it, it's changing this as well. And how it's doing that is increasingly devices, your automobile is one, your phone is another. Uh, you, maybe if you've got a refrigerator or dishwasher in the last five or six years, maybe that too. Mm-hmm. Um, run by software, um, connected to the internet, remotely managed um, you know, with software updates and other features from the manufacturer. That's great. But it also allows a manufacturer to increasingly stipulate um, how you use that device. Um, And so if a part breaks on a refrigerator or dishwasher in the past, if you were technically apt, you could buy the replacement part, replace it yourself, get the piece of machinery back and working increasingly you then additionally need the um, authorized service person to come out with their computer type in a code to authenticate that part right. um, and then the, then the part will keep uh, and then the uh, device will work um, that's being used to basically muscle out independent repair shops in third party part suppliers you know all of these providers who for consumers make sure that, there's competition, that prices are low, um, and that we have a good functioning market for aftermarket service and parts.
0: So this seems like a common sense issue, but, but this is actually the third year that this legislation has been before the, been before the Massachusetts leg- legislature. What, what are the prospects that we might get passage um, this year?
5: Well, and not only our state, but actually 19 other states this year brought okay. right to repair legislation up. Um, Massachusetts and New York are the only states that are still considering it. It was killed off in committee in all in 18 other states, um, so it has not come up for a vote in any state, and that is a testament to the power of uh, the technology and electronics lobbies. Um, we're hopeful in Massachusetts because, of course, we passed the auto right to repair bill in 2013, mm-hmm. and obviously we have a reputation as a state of getting out in front front of consumer protection laws um, and, and a variety of other laws so there is a lot of optimism that we could be the first in a nation on this as well
0: all right well that hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll see some progress on Beacon Hill and thanks for your efforts um, Thanks for having me and we'll talk to
5: you later I'll keep you informed okay, okay. thank you Paul
0: October 19th was recycling day in Belmont Roger Colton brings us the story
6: so today is town Recycle day. And this is the scrap metal um, area. So when the cars come through, anybody that has old, you know, just basically old metal stuff, we can just load into the dumpster. And then there's a guy that um, the town uh, contracts out will take, take the scrap metal away. And I, I don't know if the town gets money back on it, but I assume they must. It's pretty valuable in the end. This, this is like the first break since we started at nine. I don't know what time it is now, but the first break of the action we've had. It's a constant stream of cars coming in. Um, we did this last uh, last spring. We had this entire dumpster completely full. We had to pack it down at least three times to try to make room for it. So it's, we get a good response from the town. It's great. If you took all this metal and how much it weighs, if that was actually in the trash, the town's paying per ton of trash. So by taking it out of our regular trash stream, we're saving the town a lot of money on our, our on the the fees for that um and pretty much all this would all go into the town waste and, and a lot of money and also save the environment as well because it's being reused or recycled in some way uh, these are
7: like sheets okay yep sheets circle of hope is an organization that collects clothing and um items that can be of use to people that are in homeless shelters in boston and metro west we service about 20 to 20 to 25 shelters in the area. People are happy that their items can be useful for other people, they're not gonna end up in a landfill. And the people that make use of the goods are grateful as well. Stuff we love are sweatshirts, sneakers, boots, sweaters, towels, towels, blankets that can be used in shelters. So Harry and I usually will sort the stuff afterwards into men, women, children, and then Within a week, all of the items we've collected will be out in shelters. It's an amazing operation.
2: I think it's wonderful that the town, that the town does this, supports it. No, they're used to it enough now so that they know to start saving their stuff. More. And that's that's really nice. So people are coming in with, with bigger loads, intentional, intentional collection, rather than a sudden, oh my gosh, they're doing recycling. I'd better get rid of a few things. I think it is becoming a, a, a new habit, a new way of thinking about our stuff, to participate personally in recycling.
0: And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters. Jane tells us all about what's happening in Belmont this week and what you can look forward to.
7: Hi, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Adults can enjoy a field botany walk on the tree-lined trails of Habitat to study plant shape, pattern, and structure in the Art and Science of Trees drawing program at Habitat on Monday from 10 to noon. Explore leaves, fruit, and branches through pencil and paintbrush. Basic supplies will be provided. Register on MassAutobahn.org. Be chilled and thrilled as you listen to a trio of ghost tales adapted from short stories written by Agatha Christie, Rose McCauley, and Virginia Laevsky at the Beach Street Center on Tuesday at 1.15 with their gothic ghost tales by candlelight. And at 4pm, get into the Halloween spirit by enjoying the movie The Witches based on the beloved book by Roald Dahl and dressing up at the Beach Street's intergenerational costume contest and scary movie. The library is hosting an all-ages Halloween party on Tuesday from 3.30 to 4.30. Spooky crafts and fun will abound. Just bring your costume. And from 6 to 8, you can join BMC and the library for an interactive Halloween experience with a virtual reality haunted house. While the house may not be real, the scares will be. And on Wednesday, you can register for our Vampire Sunset Escape Room. You're trapped in a vampire's home with the sunset a mere 45 minutes away. Can you solve the riddles and save yourself? Registration is required for this spooky escape on this library's website. Start your trick-or-treating at Cushing Square this Halloween for lots of free goodies provided by local businesses. Beginning at 3, you can visit the businesses in the square for candy and fun. Get the most out of your Halloween costume with this Halloween extravaganza. And whether you're out trick-or-treating or or handing out candy this year, we encourage you to observe any blue buckets you see wandering the roots. Parents can use blue buckets to signify that their child falls somewhere in the autism spectrum and for treaters to know that these children may have a hard time giving the traditional trick-or-treat greeting. Please allow anyone with a blue bucket to enjoy the holiday and spread autism awareness and acceptance. The annual FBE Spelling Bee will be held on Saturday beginning at 2 p.m. The Bee is open to all students in grades K-8. through 8. Proceeds from the event benefit the FBE, which in turn supports various educational endeavors for Belmont Public Schools. Visit fbe-belmont.org slash for more information. Pinecones and Needles is celebrating their one-year reopening anniversary next weekend. On both Saturday, November 2nd and Sunday the 3rd, stop by and celebrate with free candle dipping from noon to 4 p.m. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org.
0: That's all for this week. I'm Mike Crowley. This is the Belmont Journal. We'll see you next time.